Shut up and sit down. Oh yeah, it's gonna get real cold up in here right now. Check this out. Stretch, but so far what you are hearing is the dialed podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Have you heard that perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did? Okay, what the f- Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Vondering. I'm here with Lance Friggin' Hepler. Lance Friggin' Hepler, welcome to the show. Here we are, end of the year. Hey, Lance. Yes. Eat a banana nut muffin over there. Dude, last this. podcast of the year. 2023, Jake, baby. Last one's yours. I no, have one. They're good. Have another one because I've got, I've got more where that came from. Okay. Rebecca made some uh, banana nut muffins. <laughs> to the uh, friggin' banana nut muffins right. Friggin' yummy. Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys look brilliant. Hi, Matt. You look brilliant here with Under the Lights. Under the Lights, yes. That, we as are. in we're doing this with video. Yeah, it's being we recorded. we have to light these videos, yeah. so... Wait, I gotta look pretty? People then? people no. said they like seeing the little bits and pieces and whatnot, yes. so... If you t- you take uh, off your clothes, it will always work. <laughs> that will always work for us. Yeah. Stay tuned. Go. Cool. All right. Well, it's uh, the end of the year. You guys want to do your final and last... Backpedal? Backpedal. Backpedal the entire year, maybe? No. <laughs> Matt, go first. How long we got? I have not done too much. I've been swimming a little bit. Went to a couple of master swim stuff. I haven't done open water swimming since the weather has been cold. And I have gone out running a couple times, ran with the wife a couple times. It's like a date. You go for a run with the wife, it counts as a date. <sighs> trails. Fantastic. All trails all the time. And I've biked indoors a couple times on the Zwifters. Sweet. Are you swimming at Gold's? Swimming at Gold's. How do you like it? It's been, I mean, not the same as it always has been. Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. It's um, it's it's I mean, it's a good pool. It's close location. I like my master's team. I've been swimming with them for many many years, and it it's good. I'll get like an hour workout in. I've also been coach helping coach the high school swim team, which is ridiculous because first of all, I'm I didn't grow up swimming. I don't think that I really qualify to be coaching a ton of high school swimmers, but in some regards, I do coach things. And sometimes, like it's like a matter of having CPR certification and having, you know, coaching certifications and things like that. That I do have all that stuff. And then the people that I work with are like the brand new swimmers. Mm-hmm. And so this morning, or this past three days, I guess I've been coaching um, high school swim. Sweet. So that's been fun. Well, they should know by now that you're like the most renowned goggle Super reviewer stuff. on the interwebs. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there is I'm, that. I'm, I'm, Do you review goggles? I'm like, let me see those goggles. No, this is not. <laughs> that is not good enough, sir. I did tell some kid, I was like, take your goggles and kind of like pull them up over the back of your head a little bit. They'll be tighter that way. They'll stay put. So there's that. And they laughed at you that's, and said, you don't know what you're talking Legrand, about. Suck it. You don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> Coach Legrand. No, those kids actually listen to me, which is crazy. Unlike my cross country runners. Follow. So. <laughs> right on. That's good to hear. Yep. Yeah. 
Epler? Yeah. Backpedal. I uh, I finished the festive 500 this morning. It, did it feel festive? <laughs> no. Dude. Did not feel festive at no. all? Every freaking kilometer of it was on the trainer. It felt wow. like such a... Did you wear like a Santa hat during any of the no. festivities? There was zero festivities going on. Like You need like a little jingle bell kind of thing all, going. Dangling, all I did. A jingle bell dangling down. <laughs> so I rode 500 kilometers since Christmas Eve. Okay. I took Christmas Day off completely. But um, I rode early, right? Because you have extra time. There's what's today? The twenty eighth. I don't know. Do you have till New Year's? Twenty ninth. You have till New Year's Day. Because that's Monday, so you got tons of time. So there's tons of time. But I wanted to get it over with. I don't know why. I did a hundred mile trainer ride. What? I did a four hour hundred mile trainer ride. That's gross. Uh, Yesterday, gone with that. I did like two hours on my own, and then I did the team like virtual ride for like an hour and a half. So I did like three and a half hours last night. Jeez. Did you use the um, coffee ride thing when you were like on that 100 miler? Yep. Like every 30 minutes? Twice. No. no only twice? Only twice. You can only use it like once every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes? Yeah. I you use get, it twice. Because yeah, I would use it every 30 minutes. Because <laughs> you get, you get mileage to, for it, don't you? You yeah, do. You yeah, do. the mileage keeps accruing. Okay, your power numbers go flat. Yes. Everything else just keeps rolling right but along. Everything just keeps rolling right yeah. along. So, yeah, so I haven't ridden outside for almost two weeks, which kind of blows, actually. That's crazy. But I haven't ridden outside since the 17th of December. The weather hasn't been that bad. There's been quite a few days where it's been decent. Yes, You've it been has. doing family stuff, though, I guess. But, I, yeah, all my family is in town. We've been hanging out. We've been having a great time. We've been playing Quiplash every night. Playing what? What's Quiplash? <laughs> Quiplash. It's, it's a game you play. I, I think it's with the Nintendo Switch. Okay. But you all like log into the game with your own cell phone, and then it says, and and then it comes up with some prompt like, um, like whip it good. <laughs> no, like and you have to like whip it. Like you have to answer a question, and then your answer is voted against one other person's answer. So you all put your answers in, like like um, you know, instead of King Kong's name, a better name would be blank, and you have to come up with a name. It's kind of like a spinoff on Cards of Humanity. A little yeah, bit? Uh, I don't know. Kind of. And so but, then everyone votes. And everybody votes, and whoever gets the votes, most votes win, and you go through like three or four different but rounds. what if and people gets, just vote for themselves? You can't vote for yourself. You're not, you don't. Okay. And you don't know you, whose thing it is, too, right? You yes. Sh- so it's like it you could be anybody. Yeah. yeah, you don't know until you make your vote. And then it's really fun. And then Which is how they score Cards Against Humanity, basically. Correct. Yeah. All my kids are adults, so the answers well, just got more no crass and more crass. That's what I was thinking. I was like, donkey schlong. <laughs> I guarantee you that was like in there. <laughs> it got so bad. My, yeah. I... I mean, I should take the blame for my kids kids, being crazy. I bet your kids are very creative. They probably (laughs) crushed you. Oh, my gosh. I won a few times. Did you? Good. But uh, because I tend to be pretty quick on my feet. But, yeah. Anyway, we played Quiplash every night because it's freaking hilarious, and it was fun. So we did that. But the last outdoor ride I did was with Sir Ian Gibson. We, uh, We met on a Saturday and rode. Was it Saturday? It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday, and we rode the West Hills together. Cool. Um, over in Portland. So wow. thank goodness that Ian and I got out. And was it traffic-y? No. It not was bad. Not, not all the climbs on the West Hills, there's hardly anybody on them. I mean, we saw like no cars. We got lost a little bit, which added to our mileage, which was good. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I'm at 12,580 miles or something for the oh, year. I'm at 12. Just 12. Just 12 miles for the year. Just 12 miles. <laughs> I'm at 12. Good times. Yeah, good times. That's it. I need to get outside. I'm hoping to go outside this afternoon. Yeah, cool. What's the weather looking like today? 
He's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Jake, how about you backpedal? Jake, what'd you, you do? Backpedal, man. Don't don't put it all on us. <laughs> got a backpedal for us. Uh, I threw up a bunch. Uh, uh, yeah, um, that's about it. Had Christmas. Wait, I just ate your wife's I know. banana nut We're muffins. Am I in sick. trouble? As long as my mother-in-law didn't make it, you're you're in the clear. Wait, <laughs> wait, was it food poisoning? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I thought it was like no. a bug that went through the house. No, no. It was a nice batch of salmonella chili. <laughs> was yeah. it chili? That's what we think. That's um, that's the the running theory. So did anyone, there was, did there anyone was, else that also had the chili like from somewhere else? Also, it, there was twelve people that oh, no. were at this uh, little gathering gathering, if you will, on Christmas Eve, and the five, you know, six people who had the chili all like exploded. So oh, literally, man. <laughs> it was bad. Explosive chili. Yeah. So it set in about. It started setting in about twelve. Twenty hours later, depending upon who you were, but it hit had, me. It hit me first. You had gotten home though. No, you were uh, in the car. We well, no, the ca- in the we, car. Car ride would be the worst. <laughs> that so would be the worst. They only live oh. like five ten minutes away from us. So we went over to their house on New Year's Eve for like the New Year's Eve dinner, and it's a long-standing family tradition within my family to have chili. On it's a homemade chili recipe that my um, late grandfather used to make. Um, even when he was a kid, when he was, you know, in his young twenties, he was the, the cook at the fire station. He was, you know, um, a fireman, if you will, for a lot of years before a mailman. But anyway, he had his, this recipe and he used to always make it for the family on Christmas. And so my mom grew up with that. And then she started making it for like my family when, you know, I was growing up and then I brought it here and my wife has it like down to a T in a science and we had it. And then we started going over to my mother-in-law's house on Christmas Eve and she insisted that she make it. And this year it just didn't go off so well. And we all ended up getting pretty sick. But we were over there on Christmas Eve, came home. We did Christmas morning the next morning and okay. then um, got everything you know packed up. And then we drove north two and a half hours to go visit my mom and see my sister. Oh, and boy. we got up there at about 4.30 and probably come about, I don't know, like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, I don't feel right this something something's a little oh. off i thought i was just tired because i didn't sleep well because this is a full day later correct and like then 20 hours yep, later and then went to bed that evening it was you know not terribly late and i'm like i don't feel right but maybe i'll just sleep this off and and got up a couple hours later and then that's when all of the fireworks oh. went off and i'm one good stomach flu away from my goal weight yep that's a great <laughs> what's one. that from it's you remember the devil wears prada oh okay <laughs> Sorry, i shouldn't know that yeah so <laughs> It, for some people that listen to this probably know my wife, and so some of them probably know that she is a huge, huge, um, uh, we'll just say not germaphobe, but somebody who's very, very, very um, anti-throwing up, and she's got a phobia, basically. Oh, no. Did she get sick? My wife has not thrown up since she right. was in I, first I knew this. grade. Yeah. She's had three children, didn't throw up through any of those, and... <laughs> She sees me getting sick and she like basically runs for the hills and like she will she'll come around you, but she definitely keeps her distance and she's like, I'm gonna go sleep in a different room kind of thing. And then yeah. so that happened. And then she's in the room with the kids, and then one by one they started to fall. And it was the then the next morning that she started to feel off. And she's got a full regimen of being able to keep herself from throwing up. So she went to the store and she stocked up on all of her stuff. She had all of the symptoms minus the throw up part of it. She so didn't throw up. She did not throw up. Wow. Yeah. She's so, impressive. She's just like that is iron impressive. Stomach. It, it is. I mean, like probiotics and activated charcoal and a few other things and you know ginger and all these things and anti nausea medicine. Like she's got it all. Like this is a legit phobia of hers, and it's yeah. it's actually kind of one of those things. Like if I'm ever feeling off, I will purposely not tell her. 
just so she does not berate me with that question of how are you feeling? Are you going to throw up every three to five minutes? It, it, it's, I've thrown up sitting on Jake's wheel before. Maybe I need to talk to your wife. <laughs> yeah. For you, so, you look at you look at you wrong. Just look at Lance wrong. she was in her own personal hell that whole um, that whole few days. Just trying not to yeah. throw up. But we're up there. We're supposed to be spending time with my family, and I was in bed in a hotel room for two days or a day and a, a full oh. day and a half. It was terrible. And then everybody's like, I started, I got sick first and I started to feel better first just because it's clearing my system. And so we still had to make the drive home and we're in my wife's car and we're all kind of squished in there a little bit. And um, nobody felt good. So it was just a crappy car ride home to boot. So you know, a, a couple nights of good sleep though. And I, everybody's feeling better and everybody's kind of got their batteries charged back up. And yeah, that was my wonderful Christmas. Wow. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah. That is. No, but, but like you said, it's uh, it's a great way to kick off the uh, the whole like <laughs> let's let's get this weight trimmed down. Let's let's get fit and, and it is not the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's just like there's so many like things that are just laying around that you can eat all the time. And I was talking to Lance about this before the podcast, and like I like started to make some mental notes before the holidays, even like all right, these are the things that I want to accomplish next year. And if I go ahead and subscribe to them now, I will have this like sense of like all right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get through the holidays, and you're not gonna eat the crap, and you're gonna start making some progress towards you know getting the fitness that you want. You just gotta get the stupid hip thing figured out. So I was really good through the entire holidays, and when we got up to my mom's house on Christmas, there's all kinds of stuff out there laying around. And normally I would have probably broken, had something like it's freaking Christmas. You can have something, but nothing sounded good. So I'm like, I'm just not going to eat it. But my sister still did make an apple pie that was fantastic. And I did have that with some apple or some uh, ice cream. So I was like feeling kind of guilty about myself, but you know what? I deposited that bad boy right back in the pot, the toilet, and all's well, man. It didn't, it didn't stay in the system long. Yeah, nothing, nothing stays in the system. Oh, dude, yeah. sorry for you, man. That's yeah. a rough I gave way to myself. Have the holidays. I gave myself one cheat day through the holidays. That was it. Good, right? Otherwise, I've been yeah. like on the plan. Yeah. On the, on the twelve days of, of Christmas, I I gave myself 12, 12 cheat days. <laughs> yeah. Twelve cheat days. Twelve cheat days. Yeah. Other than that, though, I have not been on a bike in in some time because I've got more swelling that I can still shake a stick at, and that's just not um, productive at this juncture. We're no. still trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. All that bike time, saddle time, is just spent on the crapper. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's kind of the same. Yeah. It's it's, it's coming just out time the, in the saddle. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a yeah. different saddle. So. Hundred percent. But so I have good. still have not missed any of my workouts. It's um. Like if you looked at my calendar and you looked at like, holy crap, that is extremely symmetrical and you have not missed a date. So I was still able to make stuff happen. Like the day that it all started to set in before we drove up there, I got my workout in. And then like the two days that I were, that that was really sick and the day that I came home, I I still came home and I still did enough that I would consider enough to qualify as a workout. And then I went to the gym again on my day off to do even more work. So call it bonus extra credit. So I I consider that being a win and I'm still on track as well. Nice. Cool. Anyhow, so what are, we, what are we doing next? Next, Champ Bailey, Bailey. is he around? Champ is here. What's up, boys? Champ is here, and Champ he's just going to tell us here. how fast Matthew Vanderpool is. Yes. Oh my gosh! Okay, Sick. basically, one of the reasons why I spent so much time on the trainer. Pardon me. One of the reasons Lance spent so much time, <laughs> yes, <laughs> on the trainer this last week is because there the race coverage from Flow Sports for all these cyclocross races in the curse period was fantastic. Was oh yeah, good. there was a. There was a three-hour broadcast every single day. three-hour tour. Yes, three and, hours. And I hate flow sports. Yeah, so... But it, I'm it glad that they're doing good things like they might have them. turned over a leaf, at least in the cyclocross realm of themes, in terms of, like, their coverage and their announcing. Every race has been great. So not huh. only multiple static cameras, but also drones um, following not just one big drone shot, but 
the, the coverage have, has been great. Have they picked up any new announcers? Maybe some announcers that don't have announcing jobs with other... Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Powers oh. announced Ooh, today's that's race. That's a good snag. Yeah. If so that's he announced thing today's race. Today was was exact cross in Lowenfeld or something like that. Anyway, the racing has been awesome. Um, there's been a couple races where the big three all showed up. Matthew Vanderpool, Wout Van Aert, Tom Pidcock. They all made it onto the podium together, I think, twice. But Vanderpool is just on another planet. Dude, he he is he is just like playing games. It's like <laughs> he'll sit in for a lap or two. Like today's race, today was super muddy, really rainy, kind of ugly, and he sat with the with another leader for like two laps and then he just decided, "Okay, here's where I'm going." And literally within like two corners gave himself like a 10 second lead. And he, he's been winning almost all the races he's won by over a minute. So he's playing like Grand Theft Auto. He's playing Frogger. And I heard he's playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out now too. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. So yeah, he's had, he's had all that. So if Vanderpool isn't there and Wout Van Aert is there, Wout has won the races. Um, there was, um, nope. It, if out of those three, if, if Vanderpool's there, he wins. If Wout is there, he gets second. If Vanderpool's mm-hmm. not right. there, Wout wins. So it's been like that every time. Um, <clears throat> I will say Ellie Easterbeat has made a couple podiums with these guys, yeah. and and um, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge to have huge. anyone besides the three. Yes. Podium. So he has he's mixed it up with both. He's mixed it up with Pidcock, and he's mixed it up with Wout. But right. They but both, Vanderpool's different. But Vanderpool's level. different. Yeah. It's. It's kind of crazy how much better he is than everybody else. He has just been suspicious. <laughs> he's just he's 28. He's in the prime of his athletic he life. He he has Still spent this suspicious. great session training in Spain where he gets left alone. It's a little warmer down there. No, there's there's no one checking drugs while he's down there. <laughs> he gets left alone. It's, it's, it's perfectly like Yeah, I don't know. So Vanderpool's killing it. Uh, yeah, so that's been the big thing. There's still another race tomorrow, another race. There's still a few more races to go. And that's, they've been, I've been watching the women's race and then turning right back around and watching the men's race. That's why I've been sitting on the trainer because I'm not just going to sit there and watch two hours of races. Has Claire Hunsinger been racing? She has not made it over there yet. Okay, is she going? She is going. She's hoping to make it to the world championships, which aren't till like February 2nd or 5th. It's not for another month. And she just doesn't have the budget to be there through right. the whole cursed period. She doesn't period. have a team that she had before. No, she doesn't so. have a team with deep pockets like right, she had right, before. Right, right. So she is planning to go over and doing five or six races, but not till next week or something like okay. that. So well, we will wish her good luck. We wish her good luck. Yeah, there have been several local juniors that made it onto the European Cross Academy and have gone over. And raced some uh, some some local guys. Jack Johansson, no, Zach Strait, I think has gone, and Finn Westover from Seattle. Um, oh wow! He, he, they've both been over doing the junior races, so that's been kind that's of that's got to be good experience. <laughs> okay, but uh, one of the big incidents that happened this last week was at I can't remember which race it was. I don't remember either. It doesn't matter. The one that Matthew Vanderpool won. <laughs> the one that Vanderpool won. <laughs> Um, Matthew Vanderpool uh, was lapping, lapping a lapped rider who happened to be our very own Felipe Nystrom, who lives here in the Portland area and races all the Ober races. He does 
He does all the Ober races, road races, mountain bike races, cyclocross, gravel. He races everything for Obra. Um, and he is a Costa Rican national athlete. And so and he got his his moment of fame. So he got his moment of fame and he inadvertently got in the way of Vanderpool. And Vanderpool basically gave him an arm bar and shoved him out of the way as he was coming around him. Which, so. it, I mean, it it was a, it was a very um, memeable moment. It was a very like uh, shorts type you know video that could be shared easily. Yes. which I assume is great. For I that. even I even made a little clip and sent it to you guys, which is yep. awesome. Yeah, but at the same time, I look at that and I'm like, eh, this kind of stuff happens a lot, and yep. these guys know exactly how to handle it, and it's exactly what Vanderpool did, which is like throw your left arm to the into the guy that and kind of like lean in balance the bike and they're going like through thick mud too at the same time Th- their bike handling skills is i was just gonna make world exactly right? so but, think about anybody else like let's in any roadie guy that's never ridden off road can you oh think yeah, he does yeah. that without flying over the bars himself no. i mean vanderpool did not deviate at all he just like straight up like boom and, and fleep got pushed out pretty solidly and yeah. he got pushed back and, and and he had to do that he because he had to he was about ready Venable was about ready to take a back wheel to the face because he was running with his bike on his shoulder Correct. after taking a you know selfie with some fans but the fact that he didn't deviate and, and hardly didn't even seem like he like missed a beat in the whole process he's just like well bam and just it was kept just flying. like a, it was almost like just another obstacle on the course that yeah. he knows how to handle flawlessly it, right initially it looked like oh Vanderpool is being a jerk. It did. What is he doing? That's what it looked like. If you like. just see the short clips, yes. 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 But that's not really what happened. Yeah. Um, this was lap three of seven. It was okay. a seven-lap race. It was on lap three. Um, You're already getting lapped at lap three. Felipe was already getting lapped. Which so this, lap this, was a, world, so this was a World Cup there. race. Felipe is 40, okay? Right. He's he's not 28 like, like Vanderpool. Um, he is very fast for our local scene, yeah. but for the World Cup cyclocross scene, he's not. But because he is a Costa Rican national athlete and their national champion, he's able to get into these World Cup races. Fantastic. Super. Mm-hmm. The, the World Cup has rules where they have an 80% rule where if, if they think you're going to be lapped by the, the leaders, they pull you from the course. Yeah. Well, Felipe knew he was about to get lapped. He knew he so, was on his last lap, number three. It and looked like he was having a mechanical. No, he, he was, was. He was running. It was. A, it was bike. a difficult section that Vanderpool was able to ride, but yeah. Felipe couldn't. So he'd been running, and he stopped to take a selfie with a fan. A fan asked him to take a picture. It's not a good reason to get in the way right. of the world champion. Well, so champion. here's the thing. So we. All the screaming, all this noise. He you comes over. Anything, yeah. He takes a he takes a selfie with the fan, and he was just turning back around to get back yep. to to start running again, and didn't know that Vanderpool was there. And yeah. boom, Vanderpool was right on him. Now Felipe got pushed. Got pushed. Didn't didn't fall over, but he was like, fine. and he clearly he felt horrible. Yeah. The second he saw who that was that pushed him, he was it, like, he immediately knew like. I, it was in that moment I knew that I effed up. I, you know, kind of yeah. one of those things. So he 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 owned it pretty well. I mean, he, I think I, I'm gonna say that he might have overreacted a little bit with his like how bad he felt because he's basically has said that he's gonna he's gonna be done. He was gonna do one more race and he was just gonna quit and because he felt so oh, terrible. Really? Yeah. He he had enough budget. Uh, um, Felipe had enough budget to stay in Europe through the World Championships and compete for Costa Rica at the World Championships, which isn't until February 5th. Yep. So it's another month away. So he had enough budget that he was able, he was going to do that. 
But after this happened, he said, I don't belong here. I know I don't belong here. I know it's kind of a gift for them to let me race because I really can't compete at this level. Mm. But he goes, and, and, and I got in the way. And if I had really affected the outcome of the race, I would have felt terrible. And because of that, I'm leaving. I'm going to do one last race in Holst, which is tomorrow, yeah, I believe. To support another teammate, correct? Yep. Yeah. And to help, he has a, another Costa Rican teammate who is younger and a bit faster than him that he's hoping to launch yeah. in his place. And so he was, you know, he said, I'll do this one last race and leave. I'll just end my program. What did MVP say about it, the MVP whole thing? MVP said, look, he just made a mistake. He should not, he should not end his, right. his cross program. MVP was really cool about right. it too. To me, like that just looks. To me, that I see that situation. I'm like, that's that's cyclocross. Like yeah. it's just crazy stuff happens. People get in the way. That's just. I mean, you can kind of make a, a a point or a case about like, should you be stopping to take selfies with fans in the True. middle of the race? That's not a good look. Yeah. In certain but, respects, maybe because it's good for the sport and makes yeah. the fans happy and whatnot. But you have to be hyper aware of your surroundings. And should he never do it again in the future? I'm not going to say no, but be more aware and and, and just be ever present of your surroundings and and know yeah. that like, if I'm going to stop and take a thing or, you know, look back over your shoulder before you do that, look back over your shoulder again before you step back out there. Cause had it been the case where he had looked both times, it would have actually been, been to MVP's like benefit because he could have like stood up against the barrier with his bike tucked in and given him a full line and not yeah. have to pass him at all, yeah. making it even easier for him to pass. So if you had done it just a little bit differently, the outcome could have been wildly different. But so the crowd noise, yeah. all the can't screaming yeah. in the moment, you can't hear anything. Exactly. And and you think you think that you're not gonna get caught that quickly. Yeah. And so you don't think he's gonna be there. I mean, it's freaking lap three. It's like halfway yeah. through lap three and he's getting passed. So, of course. Do you think he gets chastised by UCI at all for taking pictures with fans during the middle of the race? And do you think that there are any rules that might come down by like saying, hey, you're not allowed to do that? I mean, no, that's why they have the 80% rule to to avoid conflicts between lapped riders. That's why the rule is there. He just he just hadn't got to a point where they would pull him. If you get to a pit, they pull you. If you get to the start, the earliest start opportunity, finish, do they get to pull you off? Yes, that's okay. They pull you. So the opportunity. what I think is interesting about this is to a casual viewer of someone that's like maybe not super familiar with cyclocross, they see this clip and they're like, oh, that guy with the rainbow jersey is a jerk. Right. Like he just hit that cyclist. And he shook his head immediately, like obviously he'd be angry in the moment. Like, get the F out yeah. of the way. Yeah. What are you doing? So he did look like, like a what jerk. The hell, you know? Which I yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I think all of us look at that and are just like, yeah, that's he he handled that perfectly. Yeah, like right. you're angry that someone's in the way of you on their. Course I would have and you shook my head too. I I probably would have even said something like, you know, curse yeah, you curse way. on your yeah. breath, yeah. Or yeah. whatever yeah. it is. But then you quickly get over it because you're winning some sort of case in point. In last night's race, the race for the so Vanderpool won last night's race. It was under the lights in I can't remember where. It did. You got to know these towns, Degum. It was in Degum. <laughs> I have it. So they have a night race in Degum. Yeah. Uh, Vanderpool won going away. Um, Tom Pidcock and Ellie Easterbit are battling for second and third. And, and Easterbit gets out ahead of him, ahead of Pidcock. And Pidcock, there's one final corner before some stairs and then the finishing sprint. And Pidcock just dove bomb the corner, elbowed and shouldered. Ellie Easterbit out of the way 
and ran up the stairs first to take second place. And as soon as Easterbit got to the top of the stairs, he just shook his head like, what the hell? Yeah. Because he just got shouldered out it's, of the way. It's legal. It's that legal. Seems, that's racing. It's sorry. racing. That's, it's I'm racing. sorry, but that's racing. Question for you, more contact in cyclocross or in crit racing? Like, oh, there's way more in crit racing. You think so? Crit racing is... Yes. And it's faster and scarier and... Ugh. And, and, and more consequential. Your crashes in crit racing are... Do you think they're pushing injury. as hard? Yeah, dude. You ever see the watch those videos of Legion? Sure. But I mean, that's it's a lot more leaning. Are they? I mean, and you'll it's, see some head heads. stuff. You can't. So, so the UCI has rules about how much heads. Yeah, like you can't right. like headbutt like, somebody out of the way. Because you Cavendish, can. That was the Cavendish situation yes. from many years past, right. where you can't the, you can't use your head, people. but you can use your shoulder and your elbow to kind of make space, make to, to protect your space. Yeah, but I don't know. I think there's way more stuff in crit racing. That's freaking scary because you're going. You're twice, going 30, twice as fast, you're basically. You're basically miles an it's hour. twice as fast. Sure. Or triple. Or triple. <laughs> Yikes. And you don't have this muddy, soft landing. <laughs> yeah, that's you're, true. Yeah. You're hitting a curve in the bouncing. Bouncing, skidding, sliding, yep. <laughs> anyway, um, my thought is that, you know, Felipe just made a mistake. Sure. He didn't he didn't do anything wrong. Other than he just made a mistake. It was a human moment. It was a human moment. He didn't look over his shoulder before he stepped back on to the course. Yeah. And it just happened to be in a spot that had the best line right where Vanderpool was going to be. So it was just a bad mistake. I hope he stays and he stays through the work. He's, he's extremely popular with the fans. Felipe is very popular with the fans because he smiles and he laughs, and he stops, and he takes pictures, interacts, yep. and he interacts with the crowd. He's not just full gas racing because he's 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 fighting to not be last in yeah. these races, right? So I think if I were him and I saw like MVP and he, MVP is like, yeah, he should stay and finish. I'd be like, all right, I'll do what this guy says. That's what the way I would look at it. Like, okay, he was not offended. Okay. Yeah, right. Keep doing. If he's not offended and he's okay, and he Felipe just wanted the chance to like look him in the eye and, and apologize. Yep. yep. To what happened, I don't know if that happened. I think they were both at Deegan last night. I'm, and I'm sure, sure there will be an opportunity, and I'm sure that if I had to guess, MVP somehow connected with him or let him know some way, shape, so. or form. He's probably so. just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> not yeah. for nothing though. That's pretty freaking cool to get shoved like that by the no the most prolific cyclocross racer of all time. <laughs> pretty much almost knocked you on your butt. You know what I mean? But Ugh. I mean, if it was some other, you know, Lars Van der Haar or something like that, like okay, great, you know, that happened. Then you forget about it the next day, like it never happened. But that's like a like holy crap. That this is a, a tale you'll tell your grandkids. <laughs> there was a there was a clip of Felipe um, like three days earlier. They're warming up for a race. And he's on a paved section on the finishing straight right behind Wout Van Aert. So Wout is just coming through the finishing straight, and Felipe is right behind him. And he, he looks up, and he realizes that it's Wout. And he doesn't know the camera's on it, but he, like, he like points at Wout and, like, shakes his head, like, check that out. Uh, yeah. right here with Wout. You know, it was just like, it was like this fan moment. Dude, of a, it was we, just really we cool. We soil ourselves yes. if we were in that moment. So, I mean, the, the fact that he gets to be there... You gotta, so cool. you gotta lean into that. You gotta embrace that. And you gotta do everything that you can to stay there. And that's why I say, don't leave. You know, I'll make your apologies, learn your lesson. But if you get an opportunity to be there, don't leave. Yeah. You have to stay, and you have to like, like absorb as much of that as you possibly can. You know. So we'll see. I will see. Uh, he should be at the race tomorrow at Hulst, and it's a World Cup race. It's either tomorrow or Sunday. I really don't know. 
Um, but um, yeah, well, let's hopefully Bay sticks around. Cool. Nice. Champ out. Champ Bailey out. <laughs> That's what she said. Excuse me. That's what she said. <laughs> Champ is out, huh? Champ's out. There was, there was, there was a bunch of women racing too. Um, uh, Puck Peters has been winning. Um, when Fem Van Empel has not been winning. So it's basically been either Fem Van Empel or Puck Peters. So they've been crushing the women's field too. So anyway, cool. I want to make sure I mention that. Let's move on. Right on. Um, we're supposed to do the Patreon thing, oh. and we'll get into that in just a second. Is there anything else that we were supposed to talk about? Let's let's save the Patreon. Well, let's do, do the topic, topic first, now. And... We're going to finish with the Patreon. So if you're a Patreon, I guess you got to stick around a little bit longer and you got to listen just a little bit more because we're going to give away a few things. And um, we'll pull that, that out of the hat in just a moment here. The topic. You guys, it's the end of the year. We are done with 2023. Just a few days left. And a lot of cool stuff happened this year. And uh, we came up with our own little top, top 10 list. Top 10 list. Yes. Top 10 2023 moments. In cycling. In cycling. Bring it. Cy- All of cycling. Cycling related stuff. Cycling related. Anything cycling related. And you guys can chime in too. If you have a different thing that you feel like should be on this list that we um, didn't come up with, definitely comment in the comment section below the podcast, right on the uh, website. I think you can comment right on there as well. The dialedpodcast.com. If you go to that, that'll link you into the website where you can listen to the podcast and you can comment on the podcast and things like that. I'd love to see what people have to say for their top moments number they one might be better than ours so lance oh, hepler sandbagged all year and won the men's cat 25059 age group it's huge that's it that's <laughs> number huge. one that's number one number sandbagger one. hepler that's lance's number one <laughs> jake's number one is mark cavendish crashes out of the tour <laughs> best moment of the year loved it that was like music no. it's my ears hearing that <laughs> Okay, yeah, Cavendish did crash out. He was trying to win that. Uh, I thought we were last... done with him once and for all. And 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 now he's come. We he has confirmed he's coming back. He's coming back. He signed it... another year extension, and it's all good. And Astana actually brought in some help for him. Will as well. Philippe be at the tour this year? <laughs> Felipe. <laughs> Maybe I can hire him to like take to... some pictures with some fans yes. with the forest. Let's sprint. take some selfies in the sprint field. <laughs> Cavendish, will come, Cavendish will come through with a helmet, leaning the helmet in. <laughs> We don't want that. We don't see anyone get hurt. What's number 10 uh, on your list there, Matt? That is. That's number 10. We're working these backwards. Cavendish? This is number one for you, but we're working backwards oh, from the actual I list. Top 10. That was the we're starting one. at it. number 10. Number nine, uh-huh. Allison Jackson wins Perry-Roubaix, dances across the finish okay, line. We are no, video wait, recording dance. this, um, and Lance is going to do a reenactment of her dance okay, right ready? now. Okay, ready? And and it looks she just crosses little, the finish line. And she, she had wins. an interesting dance. Yeah, she got off the bike, doing like a little hip rotation kind of thing, and yeah. like shaking the. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. That was that was pretty. That identical. was my TikTok. Hundred percent perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Allison Jackson is a woman racer for EF Education. Uh, she's a pretty good racer, but she what made. What team it, is she on now? She's, EF, or is that EF is that a different EF team? Were there two EF? That's a great question. The oh. EF team that Clara was on, I think, was is a different. Th- no, no, it, it was, was the, the same, same team. As, as her. And so I, I don't know where she is now. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, Allison Jackson is Canadian. Uh, she's a, actually quite a famous TikToker because she does. She dances. She dances. She, she does fun. all these. She's hilarious, and she makes these videos, and she dances, and she has a lot of big following in TikTok. She actually manages to win Paris-Roubaix in a sprint, and she immediately crossed the line and started dancing. Great moment. That's fantastic. It was really cool. Number seven? Number seven. Eagle, Eagle Transmission comes to mountain bikes. 
the Wait a second. Was that this ten was Cavendish? Cavendish. Nine was was that eight, Heather number Chan? eight? Number sure. eight. <laughs> okay, sorry. This is a this is professional po- professional yeah. podcast you got here. <laughs> number eight is what? Eagle transmission. That's pretty high on the the, the scene. However, I still don't own one, which you should freaking yeah, sucks. Get on that. It'll happen very soon. As a matter of fact, it's going to happen on on multiple bikes, which is kind of cool. Oh, but really? okay. Lance has a ton of experience on it. Do you think that's worthy of being number eight on the list? There? I absolutely love the Eagle transmission. It kind of it changed the way I race. Um, it I uh, I love having it. It has been a kind of a game changer for me. So how would you say it changed the way you race? Um, I don't have to think when I'm in race mode and I'm racing. I can just shift to whatever gear I want. I don't have to. Think but, about when you're putting down too much torque. Yes, or I don't have to like yeah. unweight. That was yeah. the biggest thing. You'd, if I'm 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 climbing some hill and I'm not quite in the right gear, and so when I shift, up. I you let up just a little bit. Yeah, so, that, so you get that big old clunk clunk yes. kind of thing. Yeah. And with the Eagle transmission, you hit the button and it will shift when it when it's the right time to shift, and you don't have to back off at all. Even in a in a sprint, you can you can downshift and it will just click into the next gear without some big clunk. So. I love that. And the fact that there's no stinking hanger. derailleur hanger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The bane of our existence. Sometimes it was a necessary hanger. evil that's no longer necessary. Durability is real. And I think that when we talk about all of these new components and new products and things like that, like we almost don't think of durability. And companies are always like, oh, no, it's really durable. But then you're like, yeah, you have to be able to like crash this thing on yep. trails. And it needs to be able to hold up. A lot of these things don't. Yeah. So... That's Good pretty sink and solid, yeah. Pretty solid. Oh. Number seven? seven. Seven, yeah. Keegan Swenson wins Lifetime Series. That's pretty solid. Gravel it, Series, it, like, he that won was that huge. Pretty handily, and he won almost every race he was in. I think the last one he didn't. There like, was two races he didn't win. He took second <clears throat> at one race, and he took third in another because he didn't need have to. to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he yeah. had won all the other races. He won Unbound. He won <clears throat> Tusher. He won... Those are the big. Those are the big ones. Leadville. Right? I, so he, I want to put like he's that. And he set a record. Asterisk next to yeah. that, like as like this is even more special because he was the first person to go under six hours at Leadville. And for those that don't know, the Leadville is a one hundred mile mountain bike race with what twelve thousand feet of climbing. Twelve or, or thirteen thousand starts feet. at ten thousand foot of elevation. Climbs starts. over thirteen thousand feet of elevation and back down. But the whole race is over ten thousand feet of elevation. Yikes. Yeah. And nobody had ever cracked six hours before. Nope. And last year, he was so close. He, he was just like four seconds or something. Yeah, he was like just seconds over six hours. And everyone was like, no, but it was still a pretty cool accomplishment. And he came back this year. And what was his time last? I think it was 5.43. So not only did he beat it, he crushed it. And that's going to be a time that, unless you get some like retired pro that's just like, or he just hits it again. Like he just yeah. comes back in better shape. Who knows? So, so this year, he, he, he not only wanted to win this year, but he really wanted to crush the six hours at Leadville. And so he had one of his teammates um, sacrifice. The lead out train. Do a little lead out train for him. So his teammate, Tobin Ortenblad, who was on a Santa Cruz hit squad with him, yeah. um, he kind of sacrificed, quote unquote, his race for the first 30 miles and did not, he drilled it for the first 30 miles so that they would be on pace to the bottom of like the first big climb. I don't exactly know the course that well. Sure. But um, he he really paced Keegan so that he could launch him to really take off. And he, yeah, he won by 20 minutes or something like that. How much did he win for winning the Lifetime Series? Because he and his girlfriend won. They both won. 
Um, it was a $250,000 purse for the top 10 or top 12 or something like okay. that. So split amongst the top 12. They made money. I want to say it was like 25 grand each. Okay. It's so, not a ton of money, but that's still no. a nice little paycheck knowing that he's probably getting some pretty decent money and his sponsorships big, his and endorsements. Are yeah. probably sponsorships, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um, uh, my guess, he's probably making four or 500K a year yeah. between sponsorships. He's not that good for being the best cyclist. He's the best cyclist in the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah, other than maybe Seth Coast. Another notable oh, finish right. was <laughs> the, the World Championships. Was he seventh or fifth or something like that? He was he pretty was high the, up there. He was in top 10. He was in the top 10 for the Gravel World Championships yeah. um, with Without a good start and without a team around him, really, yeah. he yeah he did pretty well. Uh, Keegan, yeah, he made enough money that like he moved to a nicer house in in Heber like over the summer. Good for him. And he, but he's back in Tucson, I think, for the winter. Good. So yeah, Keegan crushed it. But he he just he's like head and shoulders above all the other gravel racers. Has been pretty awesome. I had somebody tell me that he's only good because he races better than everybody at altitude. That he's not all that fantastic of a fill-in-the-blank bike handler, cyclist, when you bring him down to elevation. Would you agree with that? That's what I said, too. (laughs) Elevation does not affect him the same as it does most people. So he he doesn't lose as big of a a percentage of his power at elevation as most people do. And that's just a physiological thing. That's just... That's that, just in, that in training too. I mean, like where you live and when you do altitude camps and all that stuff plays into part of. He lives in Heber, which is near Park City. It's yep. at five thousand feet of elevation. That's an ideal location. Yep. And then he because you go too high and you can't go fast, and if you go yep. too low, you don't get the benefits of being five right. thousand is a really good spot. Yeah. Number six. Number sounds, six sounds good to me. On this crisp list, it's a very <laughs> well researched. Uh, <laughs> new cycling computers back to sports tech new cycling computers from garmin they released the garmin um 540 540 840. and the 840 they had the 1040, 1040 from the previous year but that was not 2023 that's yeah, too. solar trickle down to both models as well and they updated their user interface the yep. ergonomics of it changed um it's a snappier computer yep, yep. what do you think of a map i th- I have a problem with the 540. I just don't feel like... So the, the A40 doesn't have any buttons on it. Actually, they brought the buttons back. They used to not have any buttons at all. It was just touchscreen. Now on the 840, you have the op, you have like t- buttons and touchscreens, which is an ideal situation. So if it's rainy, whatever, you use buttons, everything's going to work just fine. Um, however, when it's nice out, you use the touchscreen, works great. The 540 doesn't have the touchscreen. And my beef with it is... Uh, normally I'm like, that's the one, go for that. That's the ideal situation. Buttons are great. You don't need touchscreen. But in this situation, they've reorganized the operating system a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it really is organized in a touchscreen-friendly manner. Mm-hmm. You basically have like this bottom menu button, pulls up all this stuff, and then you can kind of select things. And it's really just kind it's of like using, using the buttons just doesn't feel... Yeah. I will say that when you do have a computer for a long enough time, you're, you get that muscle memory with the buttons. Boom, 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 right, boom, boom. Right. You, you know how to get to the sensors and add sensors pretty quickly. It, but really, it just feels like that computer is designed around the touchscreen itself. So anyway, my vote is that that 840 is a very good cycling computer. People should seriously consider it if they're thinking about buying a bike computer. But um, it's also good to see that Garmin finally updated those. It was three years, I think. It was three. Yeah, it was three. My God, maybe no, more. I think it was four years. I really think that, that they should get on a two-year cycle. Yeah. Of, of updating that the product. That's what I would right recommend. Too. The, the clear winner of the, because basically it's four computers. You've got the 540 solar and non-solar, and yep. the same thing with the 840, you know, solar and non-solar. 
the 840 non-solar was the clear winner yep. in terms of sales. And I think in terms of just gross popularity, that was the... And it's the right the, one, I that think. That was the darling of the whole bunch. Yeah, because so. we tested all of them. Yep. And that was the one to get, I think, because the solar doesn't help you that much. And it was an extra $100, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was... It was prohibitively expensive or was it it's either 50 or 100 dollars more and i think it's 100 it was about 100 bucks more yeah that's that's too much yeah you're if not it was 50 good... bucks more people might be like all right the only roi on that in my opinion was the computers once they start to get a little long in the tooth when yeah. they start the the batteries just don't have the same like ability to hold their charge quite as long mm-hmm. i feel like that solar if you have access to sun might help prolong that just a little bit like you're yeah. not going to get like a ton more it's not like oh it's just like on in this infinite loop where it's just creating energy constantly but you know if you go to a point where the battery is worn out and maybe you get like five hours out of it and you go out for a ride maybe it goes from five hours to six and you get that extra hour not yeah. that you're necessarily going to be out there that long but i think it might just help prolong the life of the computer itself for just a touch longer i think the solar really shines on like 10 plus 12 yes. plus hour days yeah. in the saddle or multiple days that's what where i was going to say touring charge we're doing these touring, touring things and things like that and that bike computer is just sitting out there in the sun all day and you're yeah. going like we're biking all day and then guess what we're doing tomorrow we're biking all day, all day. right those right. things just you probably still have to charge them some a little bit but like that's when i think some of the so, solar makes more sense in in the 1040 also has like a solar option and that's one of the ones where it's like well if you're touring that map having that larger screen size yeah, yeah. you really kind of want that stuff i never really touring. thought about this but you know i'm sure plenty of the pros are using the garmin head units yeah i wonder which one they gravitate to which one is the the darling of the pro peloton keegan mm. used the 840 solar that's gotcha. what he uses yeah. for racing and everything except for there's a few races where he uses like a a 140 or something like the lightest smallest oh, smallest, that's what i was gonna say i wonder thing. if a lot of these guys are looking for the lightest smallest thing that they can get yeah. because is there a weight difference between the solar and the non-solar oh i don't remember i don't think so i think it might be a gram or two difference yeah. but i think most of the garmin athletes it, yeah. race with the 840 solar gotcha i think most of them do yeah that makes sense yeah. cool and I think a lot of the Wahoo um, athletes use the Bolt because it's just lighter and smaller. Yeah. I and mean, they can use whatever they want to. So, sure. Yeah. Good call. Okay. Uh, number five. And this is our list, not your list. But Claire Hansinger wins the fourth national championship. I think she should, be, should have been um, item number four, but that's just my sin. And four and oh, four. Do you want me to change it right now? <laughs> At your list, Matt. You, you, you built it. But actually, then we're going to mix this up. Vingigo wins second tour. We'll put that as number five. Number five, Vingigo wins the second number tour. Number five, Vingigo wins the second tour. Back to back in a pretty dominant fashion, might I add. He he did well. It was crushing that crushing that time trial near the end, which he, just he, like sealed it up. It just to me looks like you you watch this stuff and everyone's like, who's the better rider? Who's the better? And it just looked like he was yep. the better rider. Clear favorite, yeah. Can we talk about Tour 2024 for yeah. just a moment? No, this is strict rules. 2023 only. Yeah. No, let's hear it. Does he three-peat it? I don't know if we have to pay Phil Jackson for uh, using that because I think he did trademark that. But does he three-peat? I think uh, he's got a good chance. Lo- he lost Roglic. So no Roglic. Yes. Wout's not going to be there. Wout does not have oh. the tour on his race plan Dang this year. He's not going. Yep. He's got so, Sepkus. He's got his... He's got well, Sepkus. Of course he's got Sepkus. I mean, that's... you know. GC, not GC, but Lieutenant Extraordinaire right there. Does he have, he doesn't have the same team. I mean, they got Mattel Jorgensen coming in. Um, he doesn't have the same team, but they're still, they're still loaded. They're still with a talent. super bar, but you know, Roglic is gonna, he's out for blood. He he wants to, 
you know, yep. he wants to throw his name in that. And he, we, we know he can win a Grand Tour. And we know I just that this don't think team... that Roglic is going to have the same team behind him still. I don't still. think he will either. Yeah. I, but, but, he's, but he's still Roglic. Yeah. He's still Roglic. He's, he's, he's going to be won in the, the Giro. Well, I'm not saying he's not going to be in the mix. I'm just saying he's not going to win. So, and he may crash out because he always well, crashes not out. Not for nothing. He He's going to know all of their tactics. And he knows yeah. all the riders. He knows exactly what they're capable of. And, and he's going to help his team but, prepare for what they're going to be up against. But every team knows the tactics. Like these tactics, are no, there's no longer any secrets amongst this group of people they all know like we know how to top off and hit the exact number of calories that we're supposed to hit so that no one bonks anymore it's just like racing now is different and then there's team sky cracked the code yeah and then there's but then there's this situation where it's like sometimes every once in a while someone slips and they don't get the correct number of calories either too much or too little or whatever it's like they make a mistake somewhere and that's when cycling is kind of interesting because otherwise it's like yeah we run these numbers and do this and do this and you have three guys on and now we're two guys and the last guy goes and he goes at the top of the wind and then he wins it's like 5k to go we're gonna go It's it's such a formula that it's less exciting however so you, I, don't, I don't, personally, I don't think Roglic knows any like top secret things I, that he, everyone else doesn't I, know. He's intimately familiar with yes. all of the minor little details. And if you're a student of the game, you can sometimes play those to your advantage. Yeah. You know when like, hey, you know, Jonas usually doesn't feel good around these couple days. And, you know, we would typically we would protect him or we would do this, that and the other. And he'd have to do this, that. And you just start to learn all these little tiny nuances that you're not going to pick up and, and other things. So it's like. We all know each other really well, but you don't know everything about me. And and but if like we lived in the same house, you would know even more. And you're yep. gonna know to have play that against you a little bit. I'm not saying that it's gonna be a massive difference, but that like little one percent of what you know might be something. Might be. Might be. So you're gonna put Roglic in the it's in the top much, top spot. Ah, uh, I'm gonna put him on the podium. It's yeah. much more interesting. The tour will be much more interesting. It'll be so much better. Year. Yeah, it'll be so much better because of Vingigo against Roglic, against Pogaccia, against possibly Remco. Well, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. saw a, a, a title the other day about the the quote unquote big four at um, at the tour this year. I'm like, please tell me that they didn't put Remco, Remco in there. And sure four. enough, there was his name. I'm like, son of a. <laughs> he's he's going to call he, himself Big Four he's now. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, they don't call himself Big Four. Well, he's interesting in that he. He can he, he can definitely explode and have bad races. He's one of those ones where it's like, here's this mistake. He had this huge issue. Welta. He blew it. He blew up. He just cracked one day and that he, was it. Yep. He cracked one day, but and then he won like but two then stages. He was weird, weird that he came back that fast. <laughs> like that should not happen. That's that's abnormal. But what whatever. Like he should probably be mentioned. Maybe not top four, but like I feel like he should be mentioned. He's a good cyclist. Yep. Is there hard to argue any way that. you find him being on the podium? I don't think that when you get into the Tour de France, which is the pinnacle, like there, everyone says when you're, you're riding that, that it's just like it's a couple miles an hour faster than any race that you ever do. I just don't think that he's going to go three weeks at that yeah. level. And if there's anybody three that doesn't have a team to support a GC rider, I'd kind of say it's quick yeah. step. I, yep. I, I mean, they've yep. got a great team. Don't get me wrong. And I have no idea how they've reloaded for this year or what they've changed about their team to potentially support the uh, the likes of a Roglic. Not Roglic, but a um, Remco Evenpool. We'll see. It'll be fun to watch. It's going to be so much better to watch. Who's your podium? <laughs> Ask me in a couple of weeks when we actually do our Tour de France prediction stuff. <sighs> Don't get a sneak preview. I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, Vingigo, Vingigo Pogaccia, Pogaccia. It's like, I mean, those are just, those, those are so obvious. But I, I think I might leave, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious I think I might leave Roglic off my list so. of three. I got to put someone else interesting in there. Mm. Something more. Mm entertaining 
Enrique Moss. Um, Egan Bernal. Egan, Egan Bernal. <laughs> I hope he has a good, I would love to see him have a good, a good race. Yeah. Just any sort it's of good, good race. Yeah. It's a good kid. Yep. Cool. What's, um, okay. Number we're, four. We're number four, which happens to be Claire Hansinger wins fourth national championship. Cyclocross world champion, or not, national, national champion. champion. Wish she was world champion. That'd be pretty stinking sweet. Claire Hansinger, four in a row. That's awesome. Can she keep going? Will she win again in the years to come? How old will she be to break uh, Kristen Armstrong's? Oh, no. That's not going to happen. She won. It wasn't. It wasn't Kristen Armstrong. Katie, no, Katie Compton. Katie Compton. Yeah, Kristen, Katie I'm sorry. Compton. Compton. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to put the F in there. <laughs> well, she legally changed her name, I think, to, to be that. <laughs> Katie F and Compton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she won like 12 in a row or something like that. So I thought it was more like 15 or 16. Uh, maybe it was something like it that. It was a ton. I don't see that happening, I don't but see it looks like she can either. go. She can win a couple more. Hmm. Yeah, so good for her. She, she Huge won congratulations. Four in a row. Yeah, super exciting. She's our local Portland yes. racer. This is our list. Yeah, so that's why. Number her. three, Vingigo wins the... Wait, did we already do Vingigo wins the second tour? You know, all right. Number three, <laughs> Yumbo Visma, who are no longer Yumbo Visma, Visma win Lisa all White. three Grand Tours. All three Grand Tours. All three Grand Tours. And that's sweep the podium at the Vuelta. Has that ever happened before? No. It's never happened, right? Actually, I don't know. No. Well, there's no way that they've that they've won that a team's won three grand tours and swept the and podium. Swept the podium. But this is just this this was the year of like I don't think that there was a year in cycling history where like there that. was a more dominant team. And they then therefore I, by de facto they have to be the greatest team of all time. I think yeah. you're right. I mean, you it's hard to refute. It's hard to refute that. Oh, and by the way, Katie Compton won fifteen, but anyway, fifteen. Fifteen. Yep. Wow. It, it shows you the cycling industry where we're at right now that a team like Yumbo Visma loses their title sponsor after that's a year true. where they have dominated. Yep. So yeah, That's weird. Yeah. Visma Lisa Bike. Visma Lisa Bike. That's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to get used to that. And the whole team exploded, sort of. Well, they lost Roglic. They lost Roglic. And that's really it. That's it. But so, then there was always that, there was that talk about like, Rimka is going to be on the team. They're all going to be on the team. Like they were going to combine the teams. That was a weird. That was all. I'm so glad that merger did not happen. Yeah, yeah. that would have been bad for cycling. It would have been bad for cycling. I agree. Moving on, number two on our list. We're getting to the heavy hitters here. Uh, MVP wins two world second world championship. No, he wins two no, world championships. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, he won two world championships. He won in the, the same year. He won the cyclocross world yeah. championship. The, he crushed the field. Yeah. Which he's not racing this year because I've done that crap a million times. Yep. <laughs> and then he wins the Road World Championship where he attacked with like 20K to go and just dropped everybody. That was the race. Was it, you think that's one of the best races of the year? It was one of the best races of the year. There's this one climb. It was in Scotland, right? It was in, I think it was in Scotland. Okay, I don't know. Um, there was there was this one climb. It's like a steady pitch that's like nine tenths of a mile long. And he like they did like eight laps of this circuit. And like on the seventh lap, he launched up that thing over a thousand watts for the whole stinking mile. And then he got nobody could go with him. Yeah. Nobody could go with him. <clears throat> so he gets off the front and he, you know, flies around the circuit. He's so far ahead that he crashes, breaks his shoe, and still doesn't get caught, and he wins by, like, 40 seconds or something. Matthew Vanderpool. That was gosh. impressive. 
That was super impressive, and that was fun to watch. That was, and that was in Scotland. It was in Scotland. Yeah, good time. Yeah. Good time. So, yeah, so amazing that he won two world championships in the same year. Plus, he won Perry Roubaix. Plus, he won Milan San Remo. Did you remember? Did you watch that Milan San Remo race? So, that race is like 200 miles long. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It all comes down to the Poggio, which is this final climb right. with like six miles to go after the top of this pojo and it's not very long and not very steep but it's it's at like mile 194 and so they get to the pojo and then there's a always comes down to that it all always comes down to the pojo that's the year that uh, that remember a couple years ago mahorich won because he got over the top in the lead group Put his dropper seat down mm-hmm. oh, and descended yeah. that Poggio descent fast, got far enough away that they couldn't catch him. Well, Vanderpool didn't need a dropper. He just attacked with literally 200 meters to go before the top of the climb. And he crested that climb with like a three second gap and goodbye. Yeah. He was gone. That was it. So that's impressive. Vanderpool. Um, Who is the best one day classic rider currently? Would you put him in there? Would you put Wout in there? Would you put Pogacha in there? Pogacha is what I was say. Would that be a yeah. wild, wild one to throw in because he Pogaccia is legit. Strade Bianche. And he, he won everything until he hurt his wrist. So he had that crash. Yeah, broke his wrist and and didn't. Um, you know, he he didn't get to race for a while, and there was question marks about him at the tour. And and I think for the most part, he did put those to rest. But that probably still did carry some weight with him in the tour. So that. Kind of had a little bit of effect on him, maybe in yeah. terms of like yeah, his training. I think so. Whatnot, oh, I think so. I, I think it definitely have, but has some effect. We've got some pretty wicked, crazy good one day classic racers right now. We do. Which it's is we're, we're he not won, fun won Pogaccia won Tour of Flanders, which is oh, probably the huge. best classic monument. That is just an amazing race. He won Tour of Flanders. He won Giro di Lombardia, mm-hmm. which is also, and he won Amstel Gold Race, La Flèche Wallonne, Strade Bianche. Not Strade Bianchi. He won those three races this year, those one-day races this It'll, year. Do you think he'll do as much classics riding this next year? I do. I think he will, too. He's, he just likes to race. Yep. He's just going likes to, the, to race. the Giro, too, right? He's going, I think he's targeting the Giro, if I'm I not mistaken. So. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's not focusing on the tour? Uh, no. He's won that I mean, crap a million times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's funny. Number one pick. Uh-oh. The top moment... Drum roll. In cycling in 2023, Sepkus wins a world tour. Sepkus. I freaking love that. And that was such a fun thing. It was fantastic. He was um, so deserving of that. And it was just a, you know, there was some drama mixed in. There was some drama. It was a weird, it was a weird win. And if we're being honest, there could be an asterisk next to his win. But let's not be honest with ourselves, people. Let's just enjoy the victory. That was super cool to see an American win a Grand Tour. Sure, I I loved it. I I no comment other than that was fantastic and, and good on him. It was amazing to watch. I mean, he was let go. He won the Vuelta because he was let go in that break because he wasn't a threat. That yes. will never happen again. No. So he got in a break that they kind of let him stay in it because he was going to be a lieutenant for the other for Ving for Vingago or. Roglic, he was not considered a GC threat. He was threat. not considered GC threat, and it was big enough that he, you know he he was able to it hold was on to like his two lead. minutes or something. Wasn't no, it? it was like twelve minutes. Oh, wow! And so and they chipped back at it and chipped back at it and chipped. He kept losing section, yep. sunk, you know, 
sections of time, of time and then they thought that he would lose it all in the time yeah. trial he rode the time trial of his life he and won the vuelta that's good yeah the only sad part about that is if you walk down the street and ask 10 people who's sepkus oh they would like, they'd be know, like bless you foreigners exactly yeah. <laughs> some foreigner no, I don't know, you, probably wouldn't even know he was an american so there is that. I mean, and you're going to go out and ask all him. 10 of those same people if they know who Lance Armstrong is, and of course they right. know him. So I saw him um, do some some big televised events, and he was interviewed by some like major media kind of platforms, CBS and places like that, like going on Good Morning America or whatever the programs yeah. are, Today Show, things like that. They called him in because he was uh, in Europe still or whatever it was, and they phoned him in, and they, they, they talked about it. It was, it was It's something that's still not enough to be – you know, a, a common name or common thought amongst Americans. He would really have to win the Tour de France multiple times for yep. us to be for people yep. to really be talking about him. So, yeah. but you got to put that got to put that dent in there somewhere. So he uh, he did extend his contract for three more years with Visma Lisa Bike. I hope he's so, happy there. I hope so he's enjoying he, it. You know, there was talk of him going to a different team because his contract is going to be up next year. But no, he just extended his contract. Is there any chance that he's going to win the Tour de France next year, 2024? No. Zero chance. No. 1% chance. 1.5% chance. If, well, if Vingago crashes out, yes. he has a chance. I was just going to say, that's, that's the only reason say. that that would happen. And maybe he's due for a little whoopsie. Who knows? I, I mean, the Tour de France, the Tour de France, anything can happen. Anyone can slip up. I feel like we've seen that quite a few times where someone is like, a favorite and they crash. And what do you do as a team? Right. You scramble and you try to do the best you can with what you got. Right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is our top 10 list for 2023. We didn't talk about this, but is there anything that you would put in the category of like worst moment of 2023? Worst crash, worst tech, worst <sighs> fill in the blank, whatever it might be. Do you guys have anything? I know I'm putting you on the spot right here. I've blocked those all out. <laughs> I have a hard time with any watching watching any of the crashes and stuff like that. I don't enjoy that at all. The death of road racing in the U.S. Ugh, that that's a thing. That's it's, a thing. It's been a slow death though. Did it, I don't did it officially die in twenty three? No, I mean, <laughs> it's not officially tomb, dead. That's what the tombstone says. I don't know. Like Oregon still has the Baker City Cycling Classic, one of the only stage road races have in the race. country. They still have, they still a, have a road have race. A road race. <laughs> hmm. That's where we're at now. I'd say. The worst thing that I could say happened this year would probably be our teammate Chris Rat's crash. That was probably the, the scariest oh, and the worst yeah. outcome and the most broken bones. I mean, that was that was bad. That and, was bad. And I'm I'm super glad that he, you know, didn't get hurt worse. And I'm even more happy that he was able to bounce back relatively quick and you know, it was that same race that that's where like my house kind of came crumbling on me. But I'm like, that that's nothing. Srat got destroyed. I'm over here crying about like my hip and my leg and, and like, I'll get better. And here we are like fast forward, what, seven months later. I'm still crying about it every day. I'm still off the bike. I'm still broken. And he's out there crushing everything. Srat's basically fixed and you're still <laughs> dealing with this hip crash. That's so. how it goes sometimes with these things. Super frustrating. But yeah. He's not he's not totally fixed either. He's still I know he's dealing with some issues in his back, but for all intents and purposes, he's he's well on his way to being yep. the Chris Srat of old and probably gonna come out of this even stronger. We did a we did a snowy, wet, muddy gravel descent, which is like oh. my jam yeah and he stuck on my wheel the whole way yeah he was proud of that too by the <laughs> did way did he say something yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, hey good I, on you man i kept turning around i'm like holy crap Sarat's still with me what is going on anyway what Yikes. about 
the drama that Team Legion got into? Would you kind of put that in a category of like worst moments, worst? That was look? a bad moment. I mean, they kind of they know. got in a fight post race. Was it was it Boise or was it Salt Lake City? Something like that. They lost sponsorships. They got yep. suspensions and a lot of bad yep. things happened out of that. A lot and, of bad things happened. And I just. They're, they're such solid racers, and they've done so much for the community, but in the same time, the same breath, it's like you squandered so much of this stuff. I mean, you could have done things so much differently. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know them intimately, obviously, and I don't know the situations, but, man, don't, don't, don't screw up stuff like that. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I know that uh, the younger brother has moved on to a different team. That's right. a head-scratcher right there, too. Yep. So. so he's not with Legion anymore. Next year he's going to the Miami Blazers, which is – there's four like crit teams that they've developed the, under the umbrella of Legion, so it's still kind of under the umbrella of Legion, but it's a separate team. Sure. And, and he's going there. Any any big turds of the year, Matt, for tech? Anything for that you- sports tech stuff? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't. I think everyone realizes like there's some basics that you have to have. You have to have like cycling radar support. You got to have like amp plus you got to have bluetooth you got to kind of have all these pieces of things pieces of pie i'm a little disappointed that um the hammerhead crew 3 hasn't come out yet like that just kind of befuddles me like they put this thing on major discount pretty early in the year and it's been yeah kind i thought of discounted. for sure like okay this is it this is how they're they, purging inventory you're gonna be here yep, for the holidays you clear the inventory and then you're ready to go for like the a fall launch and then you're ready to go for you know all the holiday shopping stuff or you get ready for like the summer riding season a lot of time with the cycling computers. They launch in the spring and then they're ready to go for the summer season of, of purchases for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing, nothing from Carew to, I mean, they were purchased by SRAM. So there's some question marks there like, you know, what, what are they going to do? They got to f- integrate something. Yeah, they got to do something I th- interesting. I think that they have a pretty solid computer that has a yep. lot of pluses to it. There are some definite downsides to it, but when you use it and once you start getting acclimated to the user interface and how it works, you're like, this is actually a really nice computer. It's a great as long device. as you don't like to ride for more than four or five hours, yep. it's fantastic. And if, if you don't mind the little bit heavier weight of it, it's fantastic. Yep. yep. And the the daily updates that you get from them. <laughs> yeah. You're looking at like a, yeah, they the development cycle on that was, I think, one of the most impressive things. That worries me a little bit that they are going to basically change ownership pieces and that that part of it, like the fast development cycle might change and not yeah. be quite the same as it was. We'll see. Who knows? We'll yeah, see. We'll see. I know that we're going to be expecting some new tech coming out next year, so I'm kind of excited to see um, some some new things. I, I can't say specifically what they are, but there's some cool things coming up. Bike and- trainer-wise, there's been that's another kind of spot where it's like uh, everything's been a little bit slow, right, with bike trainers. I mean, there's been changes. There's um, Wahoo has their kicker, whatever its number is. I'd say kicker six, six but it's, it, it basically rocks back and forth oh, now. It looks move, cool. Yeah. It's kicker move, yeah. And um, and there's been the uh, Tax Neo three is another that's like Garmin's top. What Garmin owns Tax, and that's like one of their top of the line trainers. It's really one of the top of the line trainers in the entire industry. Very nice trainer. Um, I I haven't reviewed it, but looks good. It's very similar I, to I, the Move. It feels is- very yeah. It to me it feels like that industry currently as it stands has has reached a. A leveling off point Plateau, where things yeah. have, have plateaued a bit. So if you uh, have I, one, you're good. Yeah, and if you need one, then you've got some really good options. Next iterations will probably be um, no more um, cassette on there. I think that that's probably what you're going to see in the future iterations. Like I think that they're going to go all, along the lines of the Zwift Zwift unit. Hub. Zwift did this thing where they did the Zwift Hub where it was just a single 
single cog basically and so it's you like can a chain retention device almost that to hold it it wasn't even necessarily a cog right uh it looks like a single cog well actually i guess it does have to be a cog because it does have to be able to turn it but yeah anyway but it, it it'll fit i mean i put <clears throat> six speed seven speed eight speed Anything nine speed it. 10 speed 11 speed 12 speed all goes on the, and it's all internal shifting or it's all it's just all digital digital like shifting. you press a button and it feels like you sh- it sort of feels yeah. like you shift it because it just increases the that's the way the, the kicker effort. bike that's yeah. the way the, the kicker bike exactly it's yeah. the way the kicker bikes work so and did you happen to catch the video that dc remaker did with the um the owner of wahoo I did. did. You watched that? I did, yeah. So that was kind of interesting to, to hear him talk about some of the tech and how much yes, I watched it goes too. into that and the cost of that and like the mm-hmm. the you know the physics and the science behind it. I mean, there's quite a bit more going on in there than I had originally kind of thought in my head. You just think, oh, you got magnets and you got this. It's it's a lot more than that to get and that. And they're not ditching the watch and they're not upgrading well, the watch. No, let's be let's call a spade a spade. I mean, the the CEO of Wahoo was wearing an, an Apple, Apple Watch, Watch Ultra. Yep, that was the first thing on, I looked at on the video. <laughs> That's yeah. right. They're they're not. He said that we're not making a rival two. We're not making a rival three. He didn't say that we're ditching it. He said we're going to continue to support it. But we're it, not. Okay. They're done with it, right? Yeah. I mean, that, I, I love videos like that. It's like me too. Peek behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really and good. To the CEO, he was a pretty cool guy too, and it was kind of you know he seemed great. Yeah, to see how he interacted with him. He's not a pompous guy, and to hear about no. where he got the name Wahoo from was kind of interesting yeah. as well. And the that, boat that was dock thing. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. just call it Wahoo. Just, just keep the name the same. So, and the fact that he's got something up his sleeve that they've been developing for ten years now that's coming out. I know. That I'm very DC excited got about to, that. Ray got to see, and like he's excited about it too. So. And I know that there's some other things in the, the hopper over there. I don't know if they're one and the same or whatnot, but and I know. He also, and then he pulled off this brilliant business move, oh, yeah. buying back his debt. Yeah, at, pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Just freaking brilliant what yeah. he did there. So he seemed very cool about it too. He was, you know, Ray, Ray was like, so you kind of uh, sold high, bought low, because he had sold the, you know, sold off the Correct. company or whatever and came back. Ten and, VCs. Uh, and and the so v- it seems yep. like a genius move. And I think he was just like, well, it we still had to borrow a lot of money to do this deal. And, you know, he was like, I just didn't want to see my company that I've worked on for 12 years go under. And, you know, it's just like he seemed very mellow about the whole yeah. thing. And he was yeah. like, and, you know, the way that we have things set up now, we're not in massive debt. We don't have any debt. And he's like, and I sleep really well at night. And it just you could just tell that he feels so much better. Yeah. So that just, that's pretty cool. Was, I mean, he easily could have walked away with plenty of money in yeah. his back pocket. And the fact that he cared about it that much that that tells me a lot about that company and it tells mm-hmm. me a lot about what they have on the horizon that yeah. that's an invested owner that that reminds wants to me see of these you really when he's when you're just like i don't have a ton i don't i'm not taking a lot of debt on this you know like <laughs> dial cycling is awesome we don't have a ton of debt like just you just sleep better yeah you're not like you're not worried about like oh i'm gonna have to lay off half the i'm not gonna make not making payroll next week right. you know yeah. you just have that confidence yeah and they were on the ropes the company was on the they ropes were on a, they were in a bad spot yeah and he fixed it yeah he yep. fixed it. He and, did. And a Hell yeah, record yeah. amount of time, I feel like, too. And yeah. then he like turned a big scuttlebutt with this whole Zwift thing into like a, a solid he partnership. Fixed, fixed that too. There's if there's, you think about yeah. it, like he should be getting more credit than yeah. than maybe that he has gotten credit for. And he doesn't seem to seek out credit either from the discussion that he had yeah, with Ray. Humble. Yeah. Very humble, very cool. But if you think about it, he's done some good things in a very short amount of time. Sure. Yeah. Because a year ago, I mean, it was not that long ago. Nope. They were in they were yeah. in trouble. So Last question for you guys before we kick this thing into okay. the next thing. Is there anything that you guys, you guys really want to see happen in 2024 in the, this whole industry? It could be anything. It could be tech-related. Well, be we already related. talked about the Carew 3. I would love to see that. Oh, you'd love to see that. Okay. Is there anything else just cycling-related that you would love to see? 
I just I'd like I'd like the Wahoo computers to be mm. like major overhaul. Well, okay. I, oh, I, I, that's what I want to see. No, that was some weird static that just popped up there. <laughs> I I also we've talked about this before. Like the ability to have a camera on the back of your bike is super cool. We I just think it would be neat if that was relayed some sort of, and it doesn't have to be super high res, but just relayed up to the computer. Um, that, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, there's time. no yeah, reason why they can't simpler. make that happen. So, yeah, yeah. You know what I want to see? I want to see some market correction in the cycling industry. Yeah, the market is a mess. The cost of everything is out of control. I feel like the cycling industry far outpaced inflation. I, I really do. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that's just so problematic. And I'm hoping that the the industry as a whole will start to kind of back off a little bit. I kind of feel like there was a lot of like, oh, they're doing it. We're going to do it too. They were gouging. Sure. I, I really do feel like there was a lot of gouging that was sure. going on there. And that's just, it's not good for, for long-term long-term. Yep. I agree. Bikes are just, they're stupid expensive right now. They are just way too expensive. And you know, I'm not going to name brands and I'm not going to call people out. I'm not going to say anything, but I mean, bikes like your, your top end bikes. I mean, who, who wants to spend 15 to $20,000 on a high end bike? That it used really to went, cost, like, went from 10 to 15, like, it's just that. overnight. Yep. Yeah. It just was so scary. Like it used to be like 10 to 12 was like the most you could spend on I remember a bike. the first time I saw a bike over $10,000 or at $10,000. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, you used to be able to get a freaking sweet like Ultegra Force Group set yep. with some electronic stuff built in there for 4000 bucks, maybe yep. five. And then yep. all of a sudden it was sixth and seventh and eight. And now that's the $10,000 bike. Yep. And then your Durace and your red stuff is going to be your $15,000 bike. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, inflation makes sense. It just doesn't make, like, it, it, you can't outpace inflation and expect there not to be, like, some repercussions to the industry long term. There are there are bikes, and again, not going to call people out, but yep. they've increased in price by 50% over the last four years. Yeah. That's did inflation crazy. go up by 50% over the last no. four years? No. No, it did not. 50%. And if you think about it, there is a lot of cool stuff, research and development. Sure. There's a lot of cool tech that goes into stuff, but we're talking about a carbon fiber frame with components strapped to it. And it's, it's a relatively simplistic device. You shouldn't be able to put that gotten more complicated. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to put that next to a, a motorcycle that, that costs yes. half the price yeah. for a brand new, like yeah. off-road dirt bike that you can go, you know, 80 miles an hour and you can jump 30 feet in the air and do crazy stuff on that's half the price. Now I know that that industry's difficult in its own right there's not huge margins there and it's kind of a, a tough market for for bike motorcycle places to sell those kinds of things mm -hmm. and they make their money in the service side of things and accessories but still at the end of the day we're talking about something that's got a lot more tech and a lot more materials built into it you have to think that there's some sort of something's off i mean there's there's i mean parity here somewhere it seems like we could be in the middle of a market correction yeah, I I, I, I really well, do feel like cycling, like the sales and cycling is in a weird spot right now because yeah. we had COVID where everyone wanted bikes and now we have this correction going yep. on. It's in a weird spot uh, right now. Again, not going to call it certain bike manufacturers or in not, but there are some that um, are holding their prices the same for next year. Some have increased their prices for next year, but there are some that have backed off on their prices for next year. And that was a breath of fresh air for Kudos me personally. Them, and I'm like, I saw that stuff in the preseason. I'm like, oh, okay, that same bike just got decreased in price by 10, 12, 15%. And I'm like, there we go. That's the right direction. This is how we do it. And we all need to come together and understand that this is not sustainable. The, the, you know, I, I think uh, Papa Pal's not, um, you know, cranking out the money machine for everybody and you got free money to spend on bikes now. And, right. and you know, the industry is going to change and, and people I think kind of need to, Speak up about this kind of stuff. Some people like fifteen thousand dollars is like dropping a quarter on the ground. 
you know, that that's fine. Those people are still going to be out there. But for the mass majority of people, they don't want to spend that much money on a nice bike. No. I don't, sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. Just my two cents. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the industry does 2024. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, there's craziness out there. Um, there's <laughs> bike deals to be had all over the place. But, uh, you know, there's excessive inventories. There's overpricing. And then there's people just fire selling things. So there's like a, a bunch of madness. And I just really hope that the industry as a whole can kind of like consolidate, come down, make things a little bit more like in line with where they should be. Kona, Kona Bikes was doing a, a bike sale where you, if you bought this certain model of mountain bike, you got one free. <laughs> oh, seriously? You couldn't buy. You couldn't bogo? buy. You couldn't buy one for half price. You had. They're trying to get rid uh, of inventory. Yeah. You, if you buy one of these bikes, we'll give you a second. Yeah. One. When you're in, I just bikes. want the bike. I don't want two of the bikes. <laughs> yeah. When you're in the industry and you get a peek behind the curtains, you start to see all of the stuff going on, and like, it's it's almost comical sometimes. It's like, come on, you guys, let's just let's just do this the right way. Let's you know. Yeah. Like but, settle down. Yeah. So anyway, interesting. Should we move on now? Yeah. What's next? <laughs> let's do our Patreon drawing. All right. um, the Patreons are, uh, you know, we, let's just tap off the year and just say thank you to all of them for starters. Yes. Um, we really appreciate them. You guys really do help make this little dog and pony show continue on. It, we do have costs. We don't really make money, which is which is great. The only thing we make is by the support of you guys, which just goes right back in the show. But I love doing this. And again, um, if it was just my mom listening who doesn't listen, I would still make it. So <laughs> I, would do it, I would do it for nobody. <laughs> but um, we've got a Patreon that we're going to draw out of the little bucket here, and they will win. Do, 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 do. Chris Hitchcock. Chris Hitchcock. Is gonna win. I didn't even come up with the prize yet. You pulled it out there too fast. <laughs> do we have? Do we have water bottles? Do we have? Yes. Um, I've got some water bottles at the shop. Those um, are super nice. We've that's actually. The, that's what you want. We had Wahoo give us a bunch of water bottles, so we'll give them a set of Wahoo, Wahoo water bottles that we can give them wow. at the shop. So they're actually really nice. The, the Pierce water bottles too. So nice. Those um, are good. There's a few other, and, and we'll do one more, and we're gonna let this person draw something out of the old. Chris. Chris Hitchcock listens to the podcast sitting in his hot tub. I hope your hot tub feels nice, Chris Hitchcock. <laughs> I love how you know. Like, and then where he, he is. and then he texts me while he's sitting in the in the hot tub. Multiple multiple Chris's have won today. Oh, multiple with Chris Surratt. Chris Surratt, huh? Well, end of the podcast. Wait, we there just we talked about, about him earlier. Him. There you go. So he gets to pull a goodie out of the the box of goodies, and I actually yeah. did just refresh that with some Hopefully new stuff. Hopefully, he so. makes his way up up this way sometime soon. Yeah, at some point, soon by so. the yep. Anyway, if anybody's interested in uh, supporting the podcast in 2024, you can jump on and become a Patreon yourself by going to thatpodcast.com. You can see all of our episodes there, which is kind of cool. And there's all the different platforms that you can listen to the podcast on. And there's also a little Patreon link there that you can click on. Go through, set up a Patreon that works best for you. And um, we'll throw your name in the hat and win cash and prizes. See what you win. Cool. Awesome. But again, thank you for supporting us um, this year and years past and, and going forward. We appreciate y'all. Um, I think that is it for the show. So let's jump into one last thing. Matt Legrand. So I haven't posted a video in a little while, but... Uh, Did you miss a week? No. I no? mean, well, so if I get a video out by like Sunday... Okay, then you're I get, good then. But here's the thing. And I'll talk about this in the video that I'm, I'm going to make. I'm going to make like a kind of a quantity versus quality video and just ask people what they want for 2024 and I'm just going to kind of go over the year that I had. So kind of a bit of a year in review, see what people are wanting going forward and more videos of Matt in a speedo. Yes. And that's Goggle very videos. popular. Those yep. are huge. Uh, but, uh, I made 50, something like 56 videos. Matt, that's for fantastic the year, for the year. So not bad. Wow. So more than, so more than one per week. That's 55 so more than I made. <laughs> 
So I'm quite happy. You filmed more than that, though. We didn't you filmed so. you filmed 50 videos. You got a couple out. We got yeah. one. We got one. Got out. But well, actually, no. We did put out the video for the podcast a okay, couple we weeks got ago. Two out. And there might have been another one in there. That was like two, maybe three this, so, this year. So the question that I I'm I'm posing is: Should I do less? Should I do 12 videos? Absolutely not. And do but make the quality higher. I, I, what I would love to see from you is maybe a few or like. The, the weekly video, maybe you don't have to put so much production into. Yeah. I would love to see maybe more of those, but I want to see the Matt Legrand. Mm. And I always give you a hard time about more, this. I want your, more fun, more, yeah. Yes. The more jovial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's hard to who's do that. Who's your assistant? Is Martha or something like oh, that? Oh, Martha. She's, she needs to come back. She's a slave driver. She yeah. is a, she's tough. Yeah, Chester needs to make an appearance. I want to see some more of that. I need somebody to interact this. with, somebody to bounce off. Yes. Of. It's, that's the problem is like, uh, that we sit around the podcast is easy to joke around. Sure. Then we're making fun of each other. But when you're staring at a camera, I'm just like, that, that's very, I, there, I don't have a lot to work with here. So <laughs> what do you, what do you guys are? You're not giving me anything <laughs> here. There's you no, give me nothing. So give me that. Yeah. But in, in the same breath, I want you to create some time and I'd love to see yep. a couple short documentaries from you. Those would, that would make yes. me, they're, they're probably one going to be one of those things where it's a, a passion of love that's not going to give you a bazillion like reviews. Exactly. But that that's the thing where I think that you would absolutely shine, and I so, would love nothing more than to see those. So in this video that hopefully goes live before the week is over, uh, that's exactly what I talk about. Like some of the videos, so I made you know I made fifty five videos, or whatever fifty six videos. If I get one out, um, the things that I look back on the year, the things that I enjoyed were like, hey, I I went and I you know interviewed Evan Price and we did a day in the life of the triathlon yeah. and we made like a docu-style whatever yeah, yeah. and we did um went to DC Rainmaker yep. spot and just like that stuff was, was really awesome. fun and we went on these trips and we did these things or the and Apple event the Apple event was just when we actually one of the things that I mentioned in the video is like we went to the Apple event but my favorite part was like sitting around and playing like guess that GPS watch right. with yeah. with these like four guys right like just sitting around goofing off like to me, that was really enjoyable, and I want to do more of that. I mean, I don't know if I really will do more of it. I'll probably do about the same as I did this year, but like a couple of those. And the, I love the docu style yeah. stuff. That might take a lot of effort, or it depends on kind of like how it ends up being. Uh, but that's hard because then it's like, well, do I work on this for four weeks and and have that come out, or can I have some lesser videos that I sneak out once a week that aren't quite as as you know hard to put together. Um, and so, you know, it, it depends on like what's going on in the world and how, how in depth I want to go on some of the videos. So, so w when you put out your weekly video, yep. you, you put a lot of craft in those and there's a lot of like video production that goes into mm -hmm. it. Does that truly still eat up a crap ton of your yes. time? Or is that something that you can maybe back off on just a touch, just it's to hard. allocate a little bit more time to put that maybe into these docu-series kinds of things? Maybe. And I know that's hard because it's fun and you, you have a brand that you're trying to uphold and you don't want to put out something less than like a... a, a I'm at the point where like I have a process and it does take a long time and I, I like can't, it's not like I, I can't put something out that's, I mean, I can put things out that have mistakes and, and quality issues, but I basically, ugh, I, I can't put something out there with, without like having enough time and depth to it or whatever and have the pieces. So, um, there are certain times like the last video that I did, I talked about the Apple watch being pulled off of apple.com and that was a crazy story. Uh, and, um, and that was like news broke that that morning. I sent a message to Apple asking for the story and had the video done and dusted by like, I don't know, two o'clock that day. Wow. Right. And yeah. so like the whole thing was like whatever, like written up, done, like 
edited all that stuff from like 10 to two, mm-hmm. like whatever. So the problem, and, and that works great, especially when it's like, here's the, we know what the story is. This is the story. Just get the information to the people right, or right. whatever. And then let's pretty it up with some B-roll. And I use B-roll that I already had kind of done. I didn't sure. have to like do anything new really. I think I even made it into that video. Yeah. Here, in the B-roll. In the B-roll. Yeah. And so it's one of the things where it's like, sometimes I can do a video really quickly and I'd love to do more of those. It just has to be the right content. Yeah. Like that content has to kind of like hit. Um, you know, it's, it's, I guess part of the problem too is, is you're doing reviews and you need yeah. intimate time with these and yes. that, that in itself takes right. a lot of time. So and then like, you got to do your research and then you got to yep. put together all the B-roll. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wearing the Garmin Forerunner 265 right now on my left wrist. It'll take me a month of yeah. getting data and collecting stuff and then I'll write it all up and it'll be, it'll be a longer video and then I'll edit it and I'll make it, you know, I'll add fancy B-roll to it. The whole thing will take forever. Yeah. The, even the DC Rainmaker thing, which, you know, well, it was a huge trip or whatever it was, but like also like we, we'd spent half a day like filming or whatever, all that stuff. And then I edited on the plane for like 13 hours. Sure. Yeah. That's a great way to pass the time, by the way. It's a great way to pass time. (laughs) But some, I, I would say a lot of my videos take even longer than that, but that was nice because it was just like, once I have like a plan and it's all set and ready to go, like I can execute on that. Sure. It's just, it's a matter of kind of getting all the ducks in a row and knowing what I'm going to do. Yeah. And when I know what I'm going to do, you can do it. It's just, and so, so back to your point of like, can you just half ask them a little bit more or whatever? Like maybe the key is maybe just like knowing what I'm going to do and having that stuff figured out because then I can move through stuff a little bit faster. And you're getting pretty intimately familiar with like what products you know are going to pop off. Right. And again, not trying to poke fun, but maybe no. like not doing the like standard swim yeah. goggle kind of thing and maybe put that right. time towards something a little bit differently. Well, because you're probably giving them the both equal attention, but they're probably right. not going to get the same kind of True. viewership. No, you won't. Like if I if my choices are, hey, Matt, you can review the Apple Watch Ultra three or you can review this brand new sparkly pair of goggles. Like, yeah. sorry, but like could the, you like integrate the goggles into that review? And say, like, I'm going to go do the swimming. I'm going to wear these goggles. By the way, these are what I'm wearing. And then just like a you quick could. little quip on them that way. I think the problem with that is when people are coming to see a video about the Apple Watch Ultra, they really don't care what goggles you're wearing. They really want to know information about that watch sure. or whatever it is. And so people are really, they're not finding me. Well, some people are. Some people are like, man, I'm going to watch all your stuff. That's awesome. Those are like my, my people. I love you. But like a lot of people are like, I Googled for this thing that I want to learn about. And I don't want to learn about anything else. Yeah. So, so I want to try and stay true to those those people and help them out with what they want to learn about. Um, what about them- trying to integrate the goggle stuff more into like a, a short? Yeah. No, shorts are something that I have not really done a good job of exploring, and I could it might be a good way that. to expose more people to your channel too. And and also, there's just so many products that you and you don't want to just neglect an entire industry. Like you just feel like oh. There's no one that's covering goggles. There's nowhere to go look for. I mean, there are, but there's not a lot. And so it's just like, where do these people go to find information? Like, I kind of feel like you should help them out by providing some details about these things. So (laughs) I haven't done a lot of goggle reviews lately, mostly because I've I've stuck to one pair of goggles for like three years. So that's what I've kind of been up to. Um, Chester goggle shorts. Chester (laughs) goggle shorts. What that is the key. To Chester YouTube is going to have his gold. own little thing doing goggle reviews on All shorts. shorts. Yes, it could, be a shorts. it could be a different channel, and you can even like play up on the shorts too. You can be <laughs> swimming with short. your your cut off like uh, George, cut off, cut off George jeans. in the pool. George comes out, puts his cowboy hat on, he's got his goggles on. <laughs> Them are some nice goggles. You could go. There's Dude, something in there. It's coming together. I'm telling you, it's all coming, it's together. coming together. Let Lance and I, can Lance and I produce one of your 
please. Yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, that Absolutely. would be so much fun. Yes. <laughs> Just to see how it plays. So Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a, those are fun. That was a good one last thing. Sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. Friggin' Hepler. Matt took my one last thing. I, I'll just roll with it. Was it, it Jorts? It, it was, <laughs> I'm going to be your Martha. Oh, you're going to be my Martha. <laughs> Martha. Uh, I really don't have anything. So Nothing? Yeah. Matt, happy New Year. Happy New Merry Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Christmas. Merry New Year. My one last thing. Um, keep me in your thoughts again tomorrow, 1130 in the morning. I'm going to be getting another 22 injections into my body. Whoa. Another round of prolotherapy. Yay. Let's make some progress. Yeah. That'll, that'll be you guys ever had 22 injections in one day? I don't nope. think so. No. <laughs> All right. Again, uh, happy new year to everybody. Thanks for listening this year. Thank you to our Patreons. Thank you to you guys for um, taking the time to come in and do this. We will be back next year with another one of these. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye for now. He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Jij bent een klootzak.